0: Does the word influence have meaning to you at all now? That it's being an influencer is a job?
1: This is Oversharing with Mikhail Alfon.
2: Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I wanted to ask you a question. Are you looking to launch your own podcast? If you are, you have to check out Mike Me Audio. My podcast would not sound nearly as amazing as it does if it wasn't for their help. And I frequently recommend them to my clients at Blue Light so you know it's legit. They have a full suite of services to help you launch your own show from ear-catching intros Editing services, and they'll even help you publish your finalized episodes. Now, they've worked with shows like Britney Crystal's Beyond Influential, Libson's The Feed, so you know you're in good company. So, if you're looking to launch your own podcast, and you know I recommend you should if you're building a personal brand or a business, just mention my name to nick at mikeme.com and you'll get your first episode edited for free. Again, reach out to nick at mikeme.com. That's N I C K at MikeMe.com, and they'll edit your first episode for free when you mention this show. But before I speak too much, let's get on to the podcast. What's up, Socialite, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Our guest today comes by way of Los Angeles, where she studied communications and media studies at Woodbury University. She kicked off her career strategizing and ghostwriting for the fashion influencer and mom blogger Jesse Melee. After developing her skills from the lens of an influencer, she later went on to work on the brand side of social media, where she managed influencer strategies for the mobile app GetLack and digital marketing for the e-commerce store Tatify. She's also consulted for the social media platform Vidme, which many may remember as a hybrid of YouTube and Reddit. When Vidme closed its doors in December of 2017, she consulted for Los Angeles Community College and the Alessi Institute before finally joining Uncommon Projects, where she manages content, paid media, and community development for real estate properties. I couldn't be more excited for our conversation today, but before I speak too much, please join me in welcoming Dakota Daniels onto the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm good happy to be here. This is literally a dream come true. Really? So, <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. I'm a millennial. I love podcasts.
2: Oh, What's your favorite podcast right now?
0: Um, So it's definitely like an in and out sort of thing. And it's also very much about the person behind the mic rather than the theme. Right. Mm. I feel like a lot of people like believe that a proper podcast has a very particular niche, which some of them do and some of them are super dope. But if you have a very valuable Like, you know, if you have valuable things to deliver and say and, you know, insight to provide, then do the thing. So for me, that's kind of like what it's based on, like cool people saying cool stuff. So right now it's a podcast called Views and it's just two dudes who are super duper funny and have a really (laughs) great dynamic. Like it's nothing bigger than that. I mean, they're big as far as, you know, what they do and they're YouTubers, but uh. Yeah, but as far as, like, thematic niche podcast, there's this really great podcast. I don't know if it's still um, active, but it's called Glowing Up, and it's a mix between com- comedy and beauty. Mm. Um, one of the girls is currently a writer for The Late Late Show, so, you know, like, you've got some really, like, you know, prime comedy with just incredible insight into, like, the beauty community and how to take care of yourself. And then, I mean, I go in and out with Joe Rogan, but I mean, like.
2: Who doesn't? I know, I know. What are he, your thoughts on Joe Rogan? I love him.
0: <laughs> what was that tone and inflection? Uh,
2: I just—I really love how he's super—I don't know. He, he seems pretty calm. Uh, he seems like even keel. He's willing to listen to anybody, it sounds like. From what I've listened to anyways, I probably only listened to probably 20 of his episodes. Mm. Um, every so often, I'll just click on a random one because— I have, the, uh, I have like a propensity to click on like something that has to do with my life. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't I just hear from somebody I don't know from? Yeah. So the fact that he can lis- to listen to everybody and then also present an opinion without mm. being argumentative
0: mm-hmm. is awesome. It's really funny you say that because I feel like the most powerful podcasts are just, you know, they have a little bit of a theme and thread within it, but for the most part, it's just, you know, like, you know, kicking it and talking about cool things with wonderful people. If you are the type of host that is so magnetic and you also have like guests coming on, if you're that magnetic, it doesn't matter who comes on, right? Yeah. If you are that powerful and if you can provide insight, then, you know, you're the one that's bringing people back rather than the the people that you have as a guest.
2: Yeah. There so, are some like bad podcasts in my opinion, not bad podcasts, but ones that just don't like really stimulate.
0: But are still live and active and thriving. Yeah, and
2: big. Yeah. And let's not um, talk
0: about them. <laughs> yeah, I know. no free promo. <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: That's true. No free promo. That's, that was close because I was about to. Um, before we get into like everything, which yeah. I'm really pumped on, um, I'd love the listener to get to know you a little bit. Okay. So, tell me what you were like in high school.
0: I'm an LA native. I born in Beverly Hills, raised in the Valley. Um, <laughs> Swear to God! Uh, one, one thing before, like I, I dive into high school. One thing that I just want to clear up for anyone who is a transplant in Los Angeles, or like is listening from outside Los Angeles and has an opinion dictated by you know Hollywood or media. Please know that LA is not as horrifying or annoying as you think. One of the reasons why it may pr- appear that way is because LA is defined by its transplants, not its natives. Mm. I adore my city. I represent the eight one eight hardcore, and I I'm proud. Mm. To be an L.A. native, I do at times believe it's unfortunate that the transplants define us, but at the end of the day, we're chill as fuck. (laughs) You know, like, come hang, toke it out, talk to me, hang. Um, But, yeah, so L.A. native, proud. And in high school, I am... I went to a very interesting high school. It's called New. Ro- it is called New Roads, and I was there kind of during its inception. And it was actually nicknamed Hipster High. It was a very, <laughs> it was very unconventional. Rather than memorizing, they were really adamant about making sure that we like you know absorbed what mm-hmm. we were learning. And while that's a really beautiful concept, I will say there du- there is a double edged sword in that once I did go to college. I was not prepared because mm. at the end of the day, the, the academic system is very much on memorizing. You know, because there's no other way to really uh, categorize and organize someone. Say, oh, well, you know, they're a great person. Let's put them here. No, it's like this is their SAT score. Let's put them here. But uh, the high school I went to is called New Roads. We, uh, for example, learned to understand gravity by throwing pumpkins off the roof.
2: That sounds awesome. We
0: brewed beer in science class.
2: Did you get to drink it? No. Nah.
0: But like, come on! I know bragging rights. It's, Absolutely, that's so pretty cool. Um, and then also, so prior to falling into the digital universe, professionally speaking, I danced for 19 years. So I was kind of not really present. I went to two house parties in high school. I still can say that high school was the best four years of my life because of the approach that they took with their, their, mm. their you know, their academics. But uh, high school was wonderful. I was a butterfly. If, if, I think
2: you're still a butterfly.
0: Uh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I think so too. I mean I saw I, I remember one time like the friends that I made they were two like hardcore goths that you know would never welcome someone to their table and I'm like, oh wait there's a free seat. I just literally sat down I'm like hey guys and like I can I sit here and they're like they did, they didn't know what to say and then from there it was just kind of history but uh, I was a butterfly mostly dancing and always had a smile on my face.
2: Yeah. that's awesome. yeah. You know, I'm friends with some people in ed tech, and it seems like that the the approach that your high school took to um, make sure that somebody absorbed and understood a concept rather mm-hmm. than, like, going the test-taking route mm-hmm. is coming up a little bit more. Yeah. I do think it's important to, like, have some sort of tests, but, you know, if somebody would, f- like let's just say they failed science um, because they couldn't like do like a multiple choice question. They could do something like they could write a song or they could Mm. paint a picture that showed that they actually at least understood the concept. So I'm glad that that's happening because I don't think I was a very good test taker. No, I know I wasn't a very good test taker. I'd have to try really hard. I don't
0: think many of us are, but and like, as you know, As liberating as that experience was and as wonderful as it is to hear that more people are becoming a little bit more liberal and flexible and creative with their teaching tactics, I do think it still is unfortunate that – and I'm about to like really kind of like – Expose how privileged I've been throughout life. After living 28 years, the fact that I'm just learning what a current balance versus a statement balance is, as far as like you know paying and taxes and stuff, the fact that I'm learning that on my own years later after high school is baffling. Mm. Why aren't we inserting into our you know our course curriculums like how to pay taxes? Fuck Marco Polo. I'm I don't want to le- learn about Marco Polo or like the history of the world again in tenth grade. Yeah, teach me how to f- teach me how to handle finances. You know like. Teach me more about my body. Like, I'm going through adult acne right now, and if someone had told me that as far as females are concerned, hormones go up and down throughout your entire life. Like, you know, they talk about when you're 13 and yada, yada, and then it kind of just ends. That's not the way it works. Right. And, like, also, why am I just learning about my food groups in, like, kindergarten? Why am I not learning about it more? I mean, one of the luxuries of having social media is that we get to, like, you get to deliver information about, you know, mental health. You get to, you know, connect with cool people who can talk about, like, physical health, like... That's one of my favorite things about social media. But if that didn't exist, I wouldn't know that, like, I can't have X, Y, and Z because it does A, B, C. Mm. So I think, well, you know, dope. Bring on the liberal, you know, creative aspects to school. But also, please teach our future kids how to handle their finances. Just
2: some, like, basic life skills. I agree with you. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, not until I was 28 did I start figuring out a lot of that uh, like, handle, how to handle finances properly, yeah. like, they should teach you what happens when you don't pay your credit card bill when you're 19. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. <laughs> and I look back now, and I was at 19, I thought, like, I knew what the hell I was doing, and now I'm like, no, no, no clue. No clue what was happening. Well,
0: I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we're killing it now, so we're fine. We're doing great. We're going to be doing great. Um, But, yeah, fingers crossed someone actually changes that, because... I don't want to be a teacher. Yeah.
2: But, uh, you know what's interesting? I remember taking a class in second grade or third grade or something like that and it was a cl- it was like memorizing how to spell the days of the week. Something something like that.
0: Wednesday
2: I still do wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and like February still fucks with me, but it's fine. Um like February. <laughs> February, right. Anyways, so there was a calendar in there and like the kids were looking back at the calendar to write down like the answers to the test. And the, and the teacher was getting upset. The principal had walked in at that moment and the teacher was like, Look, the students are, you know, looking at the the calendar to to take this test like what do we want to say about that and the principal was just like they're being resourceful that's exactly what they should be doing
0: whoa yeah whoa okay triggered okay so I like everybody in this world cheated in high school and middle school unlike many I got caught twice um (laughs) (laughs) I swear I'm good at cheating I just I got twice I got caught twice but um but, no, it's interesting to kind of turn, turn things on its head and be like, okay, well, yes, that is, you know, according to our sources, deemed as a bad thing. That's wrong. Learn how to do it on your own. Don't rely on external factors or mm-hmm. sources. But it's kind of true. Yeah. It is being resourceful. Like, oh, my God, I don't know the answer. What can I do? Oh, high calendar. Yeah. How interesting and refreshing. I mean, I, I don't know if, like, that's what you believe. but
2: you know, oh, It's 100% yeah, what I believe because yeah. it's like what would you do in real life? I wouldn't just like rely on memory. You know right. what I mean? Like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do some research and try and figure that out. What was your uh, what was your method of cheating on tests?
0: The first time, uh, <laughs> um, the look, first
2: time you got caught because I'm yeah, sure there was more yeah, times so than that. So the first
0: time I looked at Gabriel Rudick's paper, it was in his class. Hold on, class. hold on, hold on.
2: Before we, we can uh, finish that statement, what was your way of being resourceful on tests, not cheating?
0: Oh, thank you for uh, reposing that question. I was resourceful the first time by looking at the uh, kid's paper in front of me in history class. And then the second one was in math class. And it was really funny. I actually knew the answer. I just self-doubted myself. And it was ADHD, capital boldface H. been taking medication for a long time for it. I believe in medication. Um, but it took a minute for me to find the right sort of mm you know, external sources to help me control myself and be the best me that I, I am today. But um, because of my anxiety got so triggered, I uh, pretended to get a piece of paper when really I was looking at my notes. And then Emma, forget her last name, details bucket. Um, <laughs> but Emma caught me and I got reported again. And uh, I mean, yeah, I just, after that, I got a lot better at cheating. Never got caught again, <laughs> but continued to do it because I didn't learn. But I also did learn my lesson because I got better. So I don't know interesting dynamic.
2: As an adult, we just call it fact checking.
0: See, yeah, no, I was actually thinking about the other day, what con in this particular context, what constitutes as cheating? Cuz at the end of the day, like for me cheating today means like oh you cheated on your boo, you bitch, like, you know, watch yeah. out, like but what is what does that mean in the work world? Like we retreat to Google, we retreat to internet, like we don't know what to do, find a new software, like still need an answer, google it. Yeah. Is there such a thing as cheating once you're done with, with academia?
2: I mean, yeah, I think it comes down to like a moral type of thing, like you yeah. shouldn't like you should, you should definitely be like forthcoming about your income so that you pay the pay the proper amount of taxes. Yeah. You know if that's the law in your city or your state or whatever it is. If you have an agreement with a significant other, you shouldn't hook up with somebody else, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. But that's
0: that's that's personal cheating. Like, yeah. And also, like, isn't it interesting how certain words take on a whole new definition depending on our age? By the way, linguistics fascinates me mega side note but we can find a way to get back there later but cheating when you're in high school for the most part kind of just means like you cheated on a test or like you know Uh, but like then like you know you get you get into your older years and you're like am i cheating on myself and am I cheating on life am i not living in the moment am i taking things for granted like it's it's incredible as as the years go on and as you you continue to let go of certain safety nets
2: yeah it just, I think it just depends on like the context of what Absolutely. it is, and like the rules. Like if two people go into some sort of an agreement that like this is how we're gonna do it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like sports, you know, you shouldn't be deflating footballs or like recording. Mm. <laughs> I'm not a Patriots fan. Uh, you know, it's
0: really interesting. I remember talking to a friend of mine uh, recently about you know just like flashbacks about high school, and he said that like when he was doing track. He, at the time, wasn't allowed to listen to music beforehand because they believed that it triggered adrenaline so much so that it was considered, air quotes, cheating. What? Yeah. That's kind of weird. It's bonkers. Music is everything. The fact that you're going (laughs) to deprive someone of, like, you know, getting hyped, mm -mm, not cute.
2: Is there anything better than hearing a good song for the first time?
0: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, and I say that because I live for living vicariously through other people, especially for mm. first time experience. Whether it's watching Stranger Things vicariously through someone mm. else, also if you haven't watched season three, don't listen to the rest of this because we may talk about it. Um, but uh, I haven't
2: watched any of them. Oh,
0: okay, then we're not talking about it. Listen to the rest of this podcast, you're fine. <laughs> um, but I think there is something so liberating and and f- just fulfilling about you know listening to some of my favorite music with people who haven't listened to it for the first time. I'm obsessed with this one particular band. And I'm, I mean, I'm an incredibly passionate person. I can get inspired by just looking at a rock. I respond to things with so much more of like, you know, with a lot of vibrancy, right? So while I am searching to find someone to like know hook on to the band with the same amount of love that I have uh it probably won't happen but I'm, I'm like every time I like you know find another music lover I'm like all right dude let's go to your car right now let's put on this music I want to see, <laughs> see how you feel and even if they don't like it I'm like all right that's cool they have a lot of music let's keep going yeah. um so and also the funny thing is is that you know um with music I always find a way to hear it for the first time. So, for instance. Really? Yes. Absolutely. That's interesting. I mean, I've never driven on this road before listening to the 1975. Oh my God. Like, oh, yeah. I see. Or, like, I've, you know, I've did my first road, my solo road trip to find clarity to San Francisco. I've never taken a road trip with this band. I literally listened to all their discography on the way there, mm. and I cried the entire time while listening to their music because at the end of the day, what, the reason why music is so powerful is because it'll always be there for you, and it will never judge you. It's like a dog, mm. but better. The reason why? It will never die. A dog, will, a dog will pass away, but music will always be, be there for you and just there in general, and it'll be here until we're gone. So...
2: The last time that we talked, you asked me to watch the Michael Jackson documentary.
0: I was going to bring it up, but I didn't know. <laughs> I
2: didn't watch it. I, I okay. watched the—I, uh, like, turned it on, and then it had, like, the disclaimer in the beginning. Yeah. And I couldn't do it, you know. Fair. You know what I mean? Um, you saw the whole thing, right? I did. How, like, did it impact how you listened to the music?
0: I'm a, a vinyl head, uh, audiophile in general, so in vinyl, there's 33s and 45s, and I had a 45, which is the smaller one that you'll see in like a jukebox, and it was Man in the Mirror, and I uh, went to my room after I saw it, and I broke it in half, and um, I still have the CDs. I traded the 33s that I had, but um, and when we did have this conversation initially, like, Again, like I'm very passionate. I'm very easily inspired. So when I first saw his work, which of course was Thriller, and I mean I'm always I'm always going to treasure those moments that I had that were really beautiful with his music, but I can't listen to it anymore. Still, um, I, I uh, if I'm in the club in the club, which is like never, but if I'm like you know at a restaurant and like it's in the background, I I'll I'll hear it and I'll feel weird because and actually this is something I wrote down in my notes. He's the one person along with R. Kelly where I cannot separate the art from the artist in this circumstance. It is one thing to be a Tom Cruise whose belief system is so wonky and just negatively quirky that you're like, all right, dude, ew, but also you've created some bomb-ass action films. Mm. We're cool. But I mean, at the end of the day, beyond Michael Jackson, are there any people under that list who are just so corrupt and sick where you're like, I can't I can't separate the art from the artist. It's I'm done. I can't do it. Mm. Who else is on in that line for you if at all?
2: Nobody really. I mean, honestly, I never watched it. I just read the things. I read both sides. And it's like it's one of those things where it was kind of apparent. It was very apparent, obviously, and he was I'm not justifying it, but he was clearly sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Clearly went through some really weird things growing yeah. up. I heard that his family like Um, uh, chemically castrated him. What? Yeah, and that, like, would account, like, when has there ever been a black guy with a voice that's that high?
0: True.
2: Outside of, like, Prince. Was he black?
0: Well, yeah, I I don't don't know. I don't know. We'll call him a mutt. Yeah. A gorgeous, delightful, talented mutt, who, by the way, I was watching Family Guy the other day, and they were, like, doing one of, like, those side jokes where they make the joke and they reference and they cut to the scene with the celebrity, and they made the joke with him having that high-pitched voice, but no joke. That dude had a deep ass voice.
2: No, he got low. Michael never got that low. Right. Right. So anyways, um, even just after reading all of that stuff, I couldn't listen to it anymore. I can't really even listen to the Jackson 5, which
1: I'm going to cry. I'm
0: so sorry. Yeah, no,
2: it's like, and I mean, it was going to come out like uh, it was going to come out. Anyways, it's not like, you know, what you said had any impact on that. It was already coming out everywhere. I read the articles where people were shutting off his music, um, like on radio stations, things like that. And I, tr- I put him on the other day um, and I listened to the uh, Off the Wall album. And in my opinion, Off the Wall is way better than Thriller. But what do I know? Um,
0: ditto. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. In so many ways is it is it way better. Yeah. But it's funny that you mentioned that because that was the album where, you know, the boys who you know spoke up in that film—that's the era in which they entered his world. Uh, so that's a yeah. very, very interesting key point of his discography and just his profile and the legacy. Oh my God, the legacy that he has left behind. Side yeah. note: When I said that, guys, my eyes were squinting. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Um, side note: If for those who don't know this about Mick, music means the world to him in the same way that it does to me, and one of the biggest people in his world is Michael Jackson. So please send him good vibes. Also, if you're ever in his DMs or in on his Instagram, send him new music.
2: <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, man, I put it on and it, it didn't feel the same. You can't... Oof. When did that it's, happen? It's, it's going to hurt. Uh, you can't dance to it anymore, for sure. You know what I mean? Um And it's hard. This happened like three days ago. I was really? like, oh, maybe I'm over it now. Mm. And nothing even happened to me. But it's just like... For so—oh, wow, I'm getting really emotional you about this. You should.
0: <laughs> what, what did I just say? The power of music is so magnificent. There is nothing more powerful— Also, think about it. So I don't know if you know who Saul Williams is, but he's one of my favorite spoken word poets. And one of the things that he wrote in his— um, one of his books, which I'm going to get you. It's called The Hip Hop Scrolls. And in the beginning, he said that there's no more, there's no genre more powerful than hip hop. And the reason why is because when you're wa- enjoying it live, you're in a room with a bunch of strangers all nodding your head. Rock mm. and roll will take your head back and forth, up and down, all around. But it's only in hip hop where you're just going to bob your head, <laughs> you know, just kind of like vibe out. Yeah. So that, that there.
2: Yeah. Come on. Yeah, so. dude, it's heavy. Uh, you did you see the last um, Aziz Ansari stand up? He has this. He has this bit in it where he where he talks about Michael Jackson and R. Kelly, and then he's just like, "How do we like put that? Like how how do we separate the artist from the art? And then how do we just like erase that part of our lives? That's like so much of my memories. That's the person that <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's like that's the person that taught me to dance, you know. And you
0: and so many others.
2: I know it's hard. But Anyways,
0: there's, and but that and you want to hear something very sort of um. Interesting. So the lead, the lead singer of my favorite band in 1975. Please check them out. Um, whoever is uh, intrigued by my favorite band. As do you know f- them personally? No, I don't. And so here. here but here. I
2: love that about you. Like you fucking root for them, and you don't know them, and that makes me because so happy. Because they give me
0: purpose.
1: Yeah.
0: Ooh. They do. They get they get me up in the morning. They're they're always gonna be there for me. They're always gonna judge me. And the cool thing about them is so um, they. Uh, For their next album have decided to not press their work into vinyl because his biggest the biggest thing that he's pushing along with, you know, gay rights is uh, the environment and He's mm. gonna. He wants to be one of those, you know, celebrities who not only uses that platform when he's on stage to take a moment to, like, talk about certain issues, but not, like, to the point where he's preaching and it's getting annoying. But, like, he'll he'll take a moment to be like, all right, this is wrong, this is why, and this is what we can do. He walks it. He talks the talk, and he walks the walk. So he's like, he can't talk about, you know, preach to his, you know, his, um, his fandom, if you will, about doing X, Y, and Z to help the world and, and not use plastic and then go ahead and press a shit ton of stuff into vinyl. Mm. That's mm-hmm. hypocritical. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be that dude. Yeah. So there's just so many reasons for me to love and look up to this band.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Right? Yeah.
0: But when the Michael Jackson thing came out, one of the things that irked me, and I mean, I didn't let it inhibit me too much because, you know, I'm, I'm a glass half full devil's advocate. I'm always able to like turn things around and be like, but we're all good because of this. He, like you, was taught to dance by Michael by watching Thriller. And so there were moments like where uh, there are certain clips of him dancing, the 1975 lead singer, where I'm like, "God damn, yeah, let's go!" Um, and I'm like, "Crap!" When after the the uh, the Michael Jackson thing, I'm like, "He was dancing like Michael. I don't know if I can watch these clips anymore." Yeah. So Michael's rooted everywhere. So it's I think at this point for us and anyone else listening who you know is attached in a similar manner finding a way to separate those beautiful memories that you had with his music and treasuring them. And you're like, you know what? God bless my naivete. God bless innocence. Mm. I value those moments. And they've made me realize that, you know, we, all we have is right now, live in it, marinate, enjoy, and move on. Because if we stay stuck, then we're just never going to find a way to uh, have balance with the things that we once loved that are no longer lovable. Right. I mean, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I'm spitballing here, dude. dude but, uh,
2: it's just I'm still like kind of as we're talking about this, I'm I'm like not indexing, but like rummaging through all the memories that I have with his, with his music. And you said that you learned through Thriller. And I was just like, I learned through Smooth Criminal. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, shit. Um, speaking of not doing uh, not printing vinyl. Yeah. Were you act? and I mean we're not too far apart but were you active in like the uh, Napster era of like downloading music and LimeWire Um, and things like that yeah so in your in your view yeah like that was kind of a big deal obviously like it hurt it hurt industries but it created new ones right Mm -hmm. with like Spotify and everything else how do you think this has impacted the artist's
0: which part, like the, the 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 concept of streaming and illegal downloading?
2: or um, More so the, just in general um, Not really the illegal downloading part But let's, how do I prompt this? Like now, the pop star who could have two singles And then a shitty album Isn't selling as much as they used to uh, You know what I'm saying? Yeah uh, Or I mean, maybe they are Or they can't sell albums that same way What I love about it is mm. that um, for one, if it wasn't for Napster, I would have never learned who AFI was. A pu- okay, yeah, cool. a big band of mine. Yeah. Because the Offspring covered uh, Total Immortal, and it was all over K-Rock. And when I looked it up on Napster, Offspring didn't come up. AFI did. Mm. And so that's how I, I, was, I downloaded it. I was like, oh, this band covered the Offspring? <laughs> mm-hmm. But then I realized that it was actually um, AFI. So discoverability is one thing that I really like. But in addition to that, I also believe that it's forced artists to create better music like over and over and Mm -hmm. over again as opposed to again two like two singles that are really awesome and then a shitty album
0: first off how much do we love how well and brilliantly mick presents questions all right i just have to like highlight that. um, (laughs) so i think i have a few answers to that first off is that and this is just kind of roaming back to the uh the beautiful side of social media and the digital universe is that everything is so accessible. Mm. Um, and the first thing that I thought of when you 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 asked this question was SoundCloud. Um, there's so much to discover on that platform, and the beauty of it is that it's free,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? But we've found a way to make that word copacetic in the world of music because at the end of the day, no one really works as hard as musicians. Maybe actors, dancers, for sure, but I think we've found a way to provide balance with the whole concept of streaming and downloading and music in particular. Um, Will future artists ever find an easier way to one gain exposure or to be properly credited? I don't think so. Again, with everything being so accessible and with the whole, you know, I can do it too now kind of movement, if you will. Like, you know, people are coming here from out of state to become an Instagram model and like, because they think it's so easy and it's so accessible. Like literally the do-it-yourself culture is the most fascinating double-edged sword ever. Like, fun fact about me, I majored in comm, but I mean, I did kind of fall into social media with the ghost blogging that I did. But like, as far as like what I'm doing now, I was never like, Taking a future forecasting class, which I also I really want to talk about future forecasting with you in a minute. But, um, you know, I, I there is a bit of a self-taught, like, you know, mm-hmm. essence behind my position now. Um, but it doesn't make me any less credible. Yeah. But as far as Napster is concerned, I think it's a really great thing that happened in history that we've learned from now. Yeah.
2: That sucks for people who lost money. That's not not the thing. But to open up and for people to discover so much music in such a great way Mm -hmm. is awesome. There's people that we would have never heard of if not for what the internet has done Mm -hmm. and what Napster has done. Like Russ came out with 10 albums before he popped off and he's creating everything from his Mac. That's crazy. Yes. You know what I mean? Like before it's like it costs tens of thousands of dollars to put together a proper demo you know what i mean and now it's like and now it's like literally we could probably just hook up like a Mm -hmm. (laughs) hook up a drum machine right here and like do something on our own
0: so i think there's nothing wrong necessarily with what napster did i think it was really greedy but we definitely learned our lesson i think one of the things that you know is worth highlighting is what makes a musician a musician today? You just talked about having, like, you know, electronic, you know, drum set. Like, one of the reasons why Prince was so disconnected and so dissatisfied with the industry before he, he left. Rest in peace, my friend. But um, he hated the fact that all an artist had to do was turn a knob or press a button. There was no actual music making an effort in learning and reading of notes. So, like, I think, you know, if we're going to talk about controversies in music, like, what constitutes a musician as a musician nowadays?
2: That's, that's definitely interesting. I remember I was listening to the radio and I think I heard like a Taiga song next to a Post Malone song, next to a G-Eazy song, all things that I listened to, Guilty mm-hmm. Pleasures. But then I was like, wait a minute, those guys like literally all had the same beats and the same drum sounds. That was nuts. There, So there's like that side of it. And I think there's always been kind of like a commercialized version of music that was never like the best, you know? It's just something people could get along to. But then for me... You know, I'm not. I, I don't know everything about um, about electronic music. So, any of the electronic heads out there, please don't like rip me apart. But like Cascade and Dead Mouse, right? Mm-hmm. They're actually like creating new sounds and new mm-hmm. tones for us to listen to and and enjoy. So, I, I think that there's that sort of artistry. You take even on a like in a guitar, like in a traditional guitar sense. Tom Morello created sounds out of thing like you couldn't buy his foot pedals out of a you know, you couldn't buy those foot pedals from Guitar Center or anything yeah. like that. So I think that there's merit in that. And honestly, I don't know. This is going to give them way too much credit. And don't hate me for saying this. I don't but, hate. <laughs> I love that. I critique. <laughs> but like the Chainsmokers, for example. Oh,
0: such a controversial couple right I, there. Okay. I know.
2: Well, I've heard a lot of not good things about them. But they figured out a formula that's catchy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they used it. And it's... And for some people, yes, it's not, maybe it's not the most like intricate type of music. It's not the most, it introspective. doesn't ha- introspective mm-hmm. or it, it doesn't have the most, most depth, but I'm telling you, it's made a lot of parties, a lot more fun. Sure.
0: <laughs> can I go off of that? Yes. Um, so I'm not like a diehard chain smokers fan. You know, you can find them in my playlist, uh, which is, you know, there's plenty of them. Um, but I think, and this is the reason why I love the 1975 so much, um, When it comes to art, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, what makes art special, no matter the medium, is unpredictability. If you have predictable art or content, if we're going to talk digital marketing, it's not necessarily bad. There's just nothing new to learn from it. And there's so much new stuff to learn from the 1975. And uh, similar to the 1975, one of the reasons why I think the Chainsmokers is a bit unpredictable is because of the way in which they genre bend. Genre bending, if you genre bend, Mm. I am hooked. Um, And the way they do that is they attach these poppy synth electronic beats with super emotional emo shoegazy lyrics. Mm. So, you know, you combine those together and you've got like a that's another reason why people love Drake. Not a fan of Drake. I think his voice is repulsive. I can't handle it. I want it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. But again, I I I know plenty of people who are like, but his lyrics are so deep. And then he matches them with like, you know, like these hip-hop like rhymes or like, you know, rhythms rather. So I think, you know, don't be ashamed for having chain smokers in your library. I'm not, as, I'm
2: definitely not ashamed of any oh, of it. That. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I like mean,
0: that's sort of like, it's more of like yeah, putting them on this right. pedestal.
2: They don't need anymore. No,
0: right. <laughs> or it's, it's, it's even that, that moment of like, you know, the precursor you presented prior to saying their name, like, yeah. you know, did, like, don't like judge me, don't hate me, but chain smokers, like, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like there's a reason why they're there. I think pop is a very easy to do, or it's easy to create pop music to a degree. Um, I think it's difficult to create memorable and insanely adaptable pop music. That's sorry, but I'm going to bring back Michael Jackson. One of the reasons why he's so iconic is because everyone around the world can 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 move to that music.
1: Yeah,
0: it yeah. is. It just it fills your soul and you're like, oh my god, I I got I got to dance. I can't not. Yeah. Not a lot of people can do that, and if they do do that, it's going to be in the world of pop.
2: Yeah, it's true.
0: So you know, to each his own, but as long as, as long as you're being creative and unpredictable with your art, then I'll, 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 I'll ride your groove line.
2: I want to do something fun before we move on to digital marketing.
0: Aren't we always having fun?
2: Yeah, that's okay. true.
0: Watch <laughs> yourself. Uh, for,
2: so for me, uh, when I hear certain songs, it takes me back to a certain moment yeah. and I can almost feel the moment. I can taste the cigarette. I can, you know, I can feel the sunshine on my face, whatever it might be with certain songs. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to name off three songs that I'm assuming that you've heard because okay. you don't live under a rock. And I want you to tell me your moment. Okay. Uh, the first one is 1979 by The Smashing Pumpkins.
0: Oh my God. Warm-up class. In, uh, and when I was in jazz class during our warm-ups, we were stretching to that song. Absolutely. I love mm-hmm. that. The lights were off. It was Marissa who's teaching the class. Okay, next.
2: Uh, Plush by Stone Temple Pilots.
0: All right, I may live under a rock from time to time. I know who Stone Temple Pilots is, but if if you were to play the song, maybe I would know it, but not by name.
2: Okay, that's fair. Um, and then the third one would be Wonderwall by Oasis.
0: Same thing, jazz class warm up, <laughs> <laughs> Marissa. She, she 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 loved she loved all those bands. She loved um, uh, Postal Service. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. So uh, yeah, dance. I'm gonna
2: take one more since we didn't get to Please. do the plush one. TLC Waterfall.
0: Oh, my heart! Thank you for making it beat faster. Um, my old house with uh, um, my brother—he uh, was playing it on CD. I Vividly remember, he was playing that. Oh my God, triggered. Okay, it was that plus Green Day. I was listening outside mm. of his room, and he was playing Waterfalls and um, Green Day. Actually, I actually have two for Waterfalls—the one with my brother, and then we were at—we um, were doing a family trip with another family at uh, Universal Studios, and. Uh, the daughter from the other family was singing it out loud, and I'm like, "I know that song. What song is that?" And she goes, "It's Waterfalls." TLC. Um, I, I want to play that game with you, um, <laughs> and I already I already thought of some songs. Um, Montel Jordan's "This Is How We Do It."
2: Oh, that was oh my gosh! That was definitely that was I believe that was second grade for me, or yes. th- second or third grade. And recording on a tape deck on Kiss FM trying to get that entire song so I can oh, make a mixtape. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right,
0: amazing. I was,
2: like, on my bedroom floor. I can see it right now. All
0: right, no diggity.
2: Uh, man, no diggity. You know what's funny is that's actually shifted and now No no Diggity just reminds me of watching uh, Pitch Perfect when Anna Kendrick did it. And oh I was just like, <laughs> this is really cool. Like, I, I was pumped that she—I didn't like how she did, like, the we out at the end. Yeah, I did. But it was cool that she, like, brought that into it. I remember, like, just, like, setting on fire when they, when okay. she brought that to that scene. All
0: right. And the last one. This song recently came back into my life, and I'm so happy about it. Hanging by a moment, Lifehouse. <laughs> You're welcome.
2: Tina Tina Wren. Tina Wren, my freshman year in high school, Okay, she loved that song. And I remember trying to play that song on the guitar, but it was like using some like major bar chords and I was just playing like punk rock at the time. So I couldn't play the song and like, and the, and the strumming pattern was super tough and, uh, to sing along with it for me at the time.
0: Mm.
2: Um, but yeah, Tina Wren reminds me of Tina Wren. (laughs)
0: <laughs> dude that is literally the best game I've ever played we're playing it off camera if you yeah. will.
2: so um, I'm gonna get you something in exchange for the book it's a game called mixtape and okay. yeah and it's red so it has it. it imagine cards for humanity mm-hmm. but instead of like you voting on what's funniest according to something mm-hmm. I present a situation one of them is like you look under your bed and there's one kilo bag of blow what song is playing? You know what I mean. Oh, my yeah. God. And so it's just a thousand of these, well, not a thousand, like five hundred of these, like different scenarios. And each person around the uh, around the table has to bring up their song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they play it for the person who's the judge, and the judge picks it, and you know whoever gets the most scenarios wins. It's can fun. Ask,
0: can I ask you one more music question? Then we'll we'll migrate uh, <laughs> yes. to a different topic. Um, so I live my life soundtrack to the nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. What about you?
2: depends on the time. Um, but there is
0: no, if there had to be one band. Motley Crue. Hell yeah. yeah
2: Motley Crue, Dr. Feelgood. It was the first album I ever got. I was three years old, three or four years old behind the Levitt's. My dad gave it to me. And I remember singing these songs when I was like four or five in the back of my mom's car. And
0: Motley Crue and Mama? Okay. Yeah, yes. Motley Crue.
2: And now I look back, I'm like, those were really vulgar lyrics, but, like, like I had no clue. Yeah. But And now I listen to it, and it's just, like, and, dude, like, you take, you know, Kickstart My Heart, like, if I need to just get going, um, there's a song in there. There's, like, a love mm-hmm. song in there, and then there's one more. Oh, I mean, it's Kickstart My Heart, too. They, um the the bridge in that song just it makes me want to fight for like whatever i'm doing so amazing yeah that's the that's the all right album. i
0: gotta dig deeper into motley Crue i do know that they have like one of like my as far as like you know not necessarily logos but uh typography i think is iconic the yeah. way they spell it motley Crue and the way it looks iconic everyone yeah. everyone even if you just see like the little corner of the m you're like oh i know that <laughs>
1: yeah
2: i love that yeah um You've spent your entire career so far in social media. It looks I like. Have. What's your favorite platform right now?
0: From just a professional standpoint, or personal and professional?
2: Personal first, then professional.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Professional Instagram. Personal YouTube. YouTube. Yeah.
2: Nice. Why do you do you watch a lot of YouTube videos?
0: YouTube is my television, but also. Um, oh my god! I'm so glad this discussion is happening because I get to bring it up now. <laughs> okay, so uh, ASMR. Do you know what it is? Yeah. Uh, and should we try it? Yes. Oh my God. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Hi guys. Welcome to the podcast. You're here with Mick and Dakota and we're gonna do uh, just a little bit of a ASMR tapping if you will. Here we go.
2: That actually made my brain feel good. Yeah, well,
0: it's if. Oh, side note for those who don't know, uh, ASMR stands for autonomous autonomous sensory meridian responses, and it refers to the euphoric tingling sensation you'll feel, typically from like the nape of the neck, to, like traveling up to your forehead. And it's basically an orgasm of the brain. But one of the cool things about it is that it's helped people with PTSD, mm-hmm. and it helps people fall asleep. It, mm-hmm. it it helps calm anxiety. And um, now that's not to say that like I you know I I'm an, I have insomnia, but like. I do have anxiety and it helps calm me down. It's really interesting because I will watch it at night, but I feel like one of the reasons why a lot of people today have trouble sleeping is because they are watching stuff on YouTube and the radiation from the screen. So it's like this really sort of weird dynamic where on the one hand it's making me fall asleep, but it's also keeping me up because of the the, the blue light.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I know.
0: I'm really punny. Um, but no, so it's interesting. But yeah, I think one of the things that makes YouTube such a personal uh, essential platform is because of the ASMR community but I also love and this is a very debatable thing I think One of the beautiful things about YouTube is that it's allowed people who are insane introverts Even like on the verge of suicide to have a voice and to connect with people In fact the biggest people on there like the OGs the Shane Dawson's if you will um, The Trisha Paytas all of those like the OG ones who are now like in their mid-30s They all went there because they were lonely Mm. and it's really interesting because if you kind of if you follow Shane Dawson then a lot of you will know that at one point when it started to become his profession like he got really depressed because at the end of the day like when he was being seen in person his energy wasn't as energetic as it was on camera because he's like hey what's up you guys like that big vivacious like personality then you know on the out on off screen he's introverted he's quiet he's like you know the dude at home with a box of popcorn or four you know so it's like it's this it's this sort of um Unpredictable. There you go. That's another reason why I love it. It's an, this un, the unpredictable evolution of YouTube, I think is fascinating. The fact that it's being treated as television. I do believe they're making some mistakes, but I also, there is something very cool now about the whole YouTube red thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are certain shows that like really suck work on your writing and then come back. Everyone can do it, right? Yeah. Air quotes were on that comment by the way. But yeah, there are certain people on there who are, you know, evolving with it beautifully. And I even asked you this before, but I'm gonna ask you again. If you not when you have a kid, when you start mm-hmm. your family and they come up to you one day after you know, you know, they know how to talk, they know how to walk, they're starting to establish their opinions, they come up to you one day and they say, Hey dad, I wanna be a YouTuber. What do you say?
2: Say so, yeah. Why? You know, my mom always allowed me to do the things that I love, play yeah. music. She she convinced me that I was going to be a basketball player. She didn't tell me I was going to stop growing at 5'6", so right. that didn't happen. But I think that allowing my kid to explore um, creativity and just explore things that they're passionate about, yeah, I think I'm cool with that. But then what I would also want to happen for him, it, for, I'm going to have a boy. Sorry, Alexa. Um oh. <laughs> Um, what I would, what I would also want is I would want to follow that up with like the work ethic behind it. It's like, okay, Mm. you want to do that? Mm -hmm. So like, I'll get you the camera, Mm -hmm. I'll get you, you know, and I'll get you classes on how to edit your own videos. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, and then, you know, I'd love to work with them on it. Like what's the thesis of your channel? Like all these things, you know what I mean? So yeah, I'd be cool with it.
0: Is there a difference between a YouTuber and an influencer? And if so, how would you feel if they approach you saying, I want to be a, what if it's a girl? I want to, uh. I want to be an Instagram model. What happens there?
2: I wish that she would just say that she wanted to be a model and not an Instagram model.
0: Mm, what a great answer. <laughs> it's true. But, I would, I agree with that one.
2: Yeah. And, and then to answer your question, is there, what was it? Is there a difference between a YouTuber and an influencer? Yes. I mean, again, it's just like, not, not really. I think everybody in their own right has the power to influence somebody we just put a label on it mm. and then branded it like crazy. And then, you know, now it's kind of the cool thing to do, I guess. Somebody who says that they want to be an influencer, kind of—I don't know why that irks me.
0: It it should. Okay. Because I mean, obviously, them saying it at the age of like you know eight is just them kind of like saying, "I want to be a doctor. I want to be this. I want to be." It's that naivete, so you let it slide. But if you're um, you're eighteen and you're like, you know, uh, you're that that girl from Calabasas. I'm literally like, this is the profile that exists so hardcore right now. Like, You're from Calabasas, you have gorgeous parents, your genetics are overwhelmingly perfect and you're rich and you don't necessarily have to work that hard at life. At least right now, you never know what's gonna come. But like, there are so many girls who have that profile who are like, I'm just, I'm, I wanna be an Instagram model. It's, they're oblivious. They've never had to work hard in their life. And you know, things have come so easy to them already. Why Why can't they do it now, yeah. right? But even in that, like, I want to ask you, like, does the word influence have meaning to you at all now that it's being an influencer is a job? Kind of like the word love. Mm. We use it so much.
2: Does the word influencer have, you know, have uh, meaning to me? No, not really, I guess. Like, you know, I have to use it with, with work, obviously. But I look at influencers as, you know, it has to be bigger than... Influencer is such a bullshit cop-out term. Like, you're a content creator. You're a community builder. You mm-hmm. And then it's like, what is it outside of that? It's like... The, the And I think the issue that you're also talking about is that somebody, not just girls, I think some guys too, it's like, I just want to be hot and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But there's a lot of work that a lot of these people put into it. Granted, there's a lot of people that are just famous because they're Mm -hmm. hot i think on there um but i think for me i respect the creators the youtubers created videos they weren't just like they created content they had subjects that they wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. people fell in love with their personalities instagram you know you don't have to talk it's funny and honestly it's funny seeing some of these influencers never post videos of themselves talking and then they do and it's like oh that's why
0: Yeah, that happens. I see. Yep. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: man. You have to be able to communicate. And then Mm -hmm. what trips me out even more is like they want to hate on all the people Mm -hmm. in their direct messages objectifying them Mm -hmm. when they've objectified themselves. What the fuck is going on? Hypocrisy
0: be thy name. Yeah,
2: dude. So no, influencers don't really do anything for me.
0: (laughs) And I think just going back to like what – you know when it puts a bad taste in your mouth. You know, and then you you know you have on the one hand the Calabasas girl who just everything comes so easy, and then you have the girl from the Midwest who just has stars in her eyes. And it's the same with like you know the old Hollywood kind of concept. Like you see Marilyn Monroe, she can do it. I can do it too, sort of thing, right? I'm beautiful like her. Um, I mean, I'll have as many like like you know li- links into that world, but like I'm gonna move here and I'm gonna try and do and do it. At the end of, end of the day, it's a combination of naivete and never being told no. Mm. And having an, no logic in your life, never asking the why. Like if I were to have a kid and they asked me that, I'd be like, why? Mm. What what benefits do you reap? And if they say, well, you know, I can get like, you know, access to free shit and stuff. I'm like, well, mm. right now you're 18 and not, you're living under my roof. I'm, I'm technically giving you free shit. Like yeah. like you already have that. What what else is there? Yeah. Why?
2: Why is a good response to that? And that actually... With, you know, with the Calabasas girl and the Midwestern girl that you're yeah. speaking of as well. <sighs> the why is definitely important because if there isn't a strong enough one and I'm not going to go, the, <laughs> I'm actually not going to go the way of like, it's not going to motivate you to go further. Right. If there's not a strong enough why, then really you kind of just want to do it for external val- validation. Mm-hmm. And there's a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about the... Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've read that like Instagram is uh, looking to kind of reduce the likes or how Mm -hmm. they present the likes. So if you're scrolling through a page to the listener who might not know, if you're scrolling through a page, instead of seeing this post got 742 likes, they're just going to see John and Jane like this Mm -hmm. and others. What are your thoughts on
0: that? Uh, I'll start with the professional circumstance. If it starts really, because the thing is right now it's happening by like, you know, zone. So right now America isn't being hit too hard. But when it is. I kind of think I'm slightly screwed because, you know, the, a lot of the clients at my my the digital agency I work for, you know, they care about numbers. And how do you measure something if there's nothing to measure? Like, you know, you go on Iconosquare and they tell you that this is your average like purpose. This is the one that's gotten the most likes. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we going to deliver to them? What, how are we going to tell them that, you know, this this, this Instagram or Facebook page is popping right now. And, you know, while we could tell them that the why is because, you know, we've really established this beautiful community, we've created excitement, awareness, blah, 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 blah. But like, that's not, there's no, there's Mm. the the likes is the, is the tangible thing, if you will, towards that whole thing. So, and from a professional standpoint, I'm like, fuck, I have nothing to measure. So,
2: but that's if I believe that's, you know, that'll be the case if you're working with influencers who don't have a business profile but i believe the analytics will still be available f- uh, for business profiles so like even though on its surface it doesn't mm. say how many likes on the back end you could see that it got 300 likes or whatever it might be
0: i mean that's good to know i i i only know right now that it's happening in certain areas they're doing t- trials right yeah. now um so professionally speaking it it only makes me irritated because <laughs> of the fact that when it comes to my monthly analytic reports
2: yeah I- yeah, let's just call it what it is, Instagram. You want us to do the ads. We get it. Exactly. We want- <laughs> There's a
0: hole in all of our hearts, and that hole is greed. Yeah. Right. And that whole greedy thing, and as far as Instagram is concerned, it's 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 been there for a while. It's just, and you know, I, I professionally and personally was hit really hard with the most recent algorithm change. Yeah. Mm. Um, this happening now they revealed that this would be that what's happening now they revealed that when they had that last instagram change i think like a month and a half ago and um we'll see if it works cuz the thing is at the end of the day instagram is always changing and i actually want to like ask you a question when i remember i mentioned future forecasting i want to kind of return back to this later but as far as personally speaking i don't give a fuck just to dive deeper into what i do i work for an agency called uncommon projects and we do marketing and branding in the world of real estate so, you know, we can provide you certain services or we can provide you like the full suite, which will include like helping design your website, do a consumer study, social media, do a little bit of event planning, influencer outreach. So for me, I, I'm in charge with, um you know, the influencer outreach and um the social media. And with all the work that I do, I have a lot of accounts to handle. And because I have these restrictions and these rules to abide by both by the, the higher ups in my agency as well as the the developers who are hiring us
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I'm done and I get to my personal place, I don't give a crap. Mm. I don't, I mean, sometimes I'll use hashtag, hashtag paragraphs just to kind of like balance out the like to follow ratio on my personal page because I believe somewhere, someone out there cares, which they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my personal, my personal relationship. It has is beautiful with Instagram because I don't care. Mm. And I think that's one of the reasons why, and I am tuning my horn right now. I have some really dope shit on my on my instagram and the I reason i love
2: watching your dancing videos thank you yeah. i'm so
0: glad i can make you smile that's like literally the goal
2: you know what's funny is i listen to the as I, i'll watch those without the music playing and i'm still <laughs> like i'm pumped like you could just see that like Good. the the music the emotion is like like just thank fucking you. moving it's, through you it's awesome
0: it's my favorite form of communication movement mm. again it's one that we can all do Even if you say you can't dance, you can, I won't get into the, to the why is that. But, um, so when it comes to personally, like take away the likes, I don't care. In fact, it'll, it'll make me feel a little bit more comfortable not having to put a couple of hashtags because at the end of the day, what makes along with unpredictability in my world, personally and professionally, I believe what makes content powerful is authenticity. I have a Mm -hmm. buddy who, um, he's a Graphic designer and art director at a really cool um, agency, and he has a—I wouldn't even call them side hustles. He just has two side accounts. One's a photography page. One's um, uh, like a Photoshop, like sort of like, you know, he designs monsters and like puts cool stuff together. And the engagement is stellar. Mm -hmm. And I told him that the reason why is because your purpose is just to create. Yeah. There's no motive other than it makes you happy. You're good at it. Yes, you're going to get carpal tunnel way sooner than initially thought, but— you're just creating some really cool stuff and that's why it looks so good on all ends. Yeah. So, it, with that said, if you are that that dreamer from the Midwest or if you are that really privileged girl or boy in Calabasas, if you do pursue the influencer or YouTube thing, authenticity is key. Be... Be real. Have something to say. That's one of the reasons why Trisha Paytas, who's probably one of the most controversial YouTubers out there, is my favorite. She's unapologetically herself. Mm -hmm. She says a lot of stupid shit, but at least she's being real.
2: That's why a lot of these people win. You know what I mean? Because they're not afraid to say the stupid shit. They're just speaking their mind. It's when we start to PR ourselves too much that we get lost in the mix. I think there's somebody that said it's like, if everybody loves you, you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting doing that. And then, and then as I'm saying that I'm like thinking about the content that I've put out, where do I PR myself? But then I'm like, do I? I don't think I do. There's just a message that I think Mm -hmm. should be communicated and some that shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So anyways,
0: (laughs) no, but it's it's like, yeah, just take a moment to check yourself. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like what you do is incredible. It's important, but also I think when you ask yourself those questions, which I'm sure you do all the time, like, you know, you are a, uh, a Yoda for all. (laughs) I mean, you are. I mean, (laughs) look what I'm I'm, I'm looking at. I'm literally looking at a Star Wars poster right now.
2: There's so much Star Wars in here.
0: You know what? Represent. (laughs) Hashtag represent. Um, But no, like you have to ask yourself those questions if you're going to continue to be that Yoda for other people.
2: Yeah. You know, and that's really, I don't know why I'm telling you this now, but it's like, I've stopped, I've gotten enough direct messages and text messages and emails of just people that are pumped on that. Mm -hmm. And once I figured that out, I was like, oh, now I have to, or at least I have a reason to. Before it was to, you know, when I started, it's like, sure, for whatever social clout is there or to develop a personal brand. But now I have people that I'm talking to and that's kind of cool and daunting, but mainly cool. Mm (laughs) You want to
0: know what else is cool and daunting? And I'm so glad that you just said clout because this is one of the things I had in my notes. I want to talk about linguistics and how social media has changed language. Okay. Um, And then after that, I kind of want to talk about like, you know, the pros and cons of social media and what good and bad it has done. And then after that, I want to talk about what we believe the future of it all is because I think it's really important to talk about that. I love this. So um, first off. I think I'm just going to kind of direct this. Um, <laughs> I was I, just
2: thinking, I was like, we have a new host. People.
0: No, 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 we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. She's just, she's curious and she loves to talk. No, I love um, it. So for me, I think the way social media has changed language is probably one of the funniest things ever. Sound off below, subscribe, tweet me, uh, follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, help Help me out, come on, like, what else well, do
2: we have? Well, so... W- I actually thought that you were going to go the other way and it's almost... hmm, Is vernacular the right word? I Like, I tend to write in somewhat of a proper way. And I'll use, like, instead of, you know, instead of, like, I like to, I'll say I have a propensity to if I am speaking. Yes, oh my God. However, in social media land, you can't talk like that because it just goes over people's heads. Mm. And that sounds really arrogant, but honestly, it's funny. I literally test... The way that I write certain copy, like on those, on those like quote cards that I do and the ones where I say, gonna, instead of going to get shared much more things like that, or I want to, and then, and I said something and it was a, it was some, it was just a word. Oh, I said, I was like, I put savage in a, in a thing, in a, in a quote card. And literally, as I put "savage" into it, I was like, "I don't really talk like this, but I want to see what happens." And I knew when I posted it, it would be fire. It was shared like two hundred times, whereas everything else is only shared like between eighty and seventy times. I'm like, dude, it's crazy that like how we speak res—well, obviously how we speak resonates differently. But from a place from coming from copy is really interesting to me, like what resonates with people and the type of language in in the social media uh, ecosystem. I think. Wow. particularly on Instagram because I mean Twitter there's a lot of bullshit but I mean there's tends to be more conversation on Twitter and just more shares and and like browsing on Instagram but that's something else
0: I am liberated um and just speaking off of Twitter I think Twitter has done something that's very fascinating and I don't think it's as fascinating now because the um the maximum characters that you can use has increased yeah but I remember in when I was at Woodbury studying uh, communications, there was there were a few opportunities now that I, I'm talking out loud that where I did get to study social media. Actually, I did a lot. I'm such a liar. Ignore what I said like a few minutes ago about like not being like brought up in the world of social media because I was. And the reason why is because I had to learn how to write, right? Mm-hmm. But I had to learn how to write in the digital universe. So at the time, the character, um, there was a, it was a lot, lot smaller as far as characters were concerned in Twitter. So... She, uh, we were presented like an, uh, a photo or an idea. We described it in characters just regularly, and then she gave us three different circumstances of how to adapt it according to the platform. And at that time, I was like, "God damn, language is changing. I have to put uh, an and symbol. I don't forget what it's called, but rather mm. a and d like versus the at symbol. Yeah, or like yeah, oh, oh I see, uh, what like you're the little the little ampersand. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, yep, I swear I'm smart. Um, but yeah, like you know, switching that up, like. It's crazy, and I think one of like the most—I mentioned the word love before. I think one of the things I learned in that was um, a way to find comfort with a word that has been so saturated. Mm. L-O-V-E has no meaning in my world. If I am meeting a new friend that I barely know, we're like, you know, I met her at the gym. We're all cute, and we're, like, getting our smoothie. And we're like, I right, love you, girl. Just met you, though, but I love you. When I say mm. that, I'm thinking to myself, L-U-V. Not L-O-V-E
2: <laughs> How because- <laughs> is it that when like Okay, first of all, yes To what you're saying And I think it's so interesting Like, and I feel you I say I miss you to some of my girlfriends right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean And I, But I also say it to my guy friends Right. But particularly, but the guy friends never say Miss ya too, Y-A Because apparently that's a completely different meaning
0: Y-A versus Y-O-U is a big thing What the fuck? <laughs> Why? <laughs> because there's more of a nonchalance to one I versus so. the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thank God that there is because when at, at the end of the day, when you go home to your fiance,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're going to say you with a big capital Y, capital O, capital U. Mm. So at the end of the day, while when I'm saying that to that girl I just met, she doesn't know that I'm, you know, that's the way my mind and my mouth are working together. Um, at least I know that so that the day when I, when you know, when I do find my Alexa, you know, <laughs> it's you. Yeah. It's always you. Yeah. So, right? I mean, we have to find a way to be glass half full with the situation. Because I don't think we're worried so much about like, you know, having proper grammar now. I mean, like, it's going to happen. I mean, yeah, screw it. So at at the end of the day, as long as we're able to maintain some sort of meaning to the words that are so saturated, we'll be okay.
2: Yeah. So you were talking before we went off on a little tangent there. You were saying subscribe now. Yeah, uh, sound off l- below. Yeah. Link in the bio. Yeah, that's link in bio. One. By swipe. the way,
0: there's a there's an influencer dog out there a dog out there named Link. Link in bio. <laughs> yeah, oh my a, god. That's
2: amazing. <laughs> um Swipe Up is the other one. Yep. Right. Uh what where were you going with that with us? St-
0: no, I just wanted to list it out because I think it's fascinating. Yeah. I think it's incredible because and here's another really sort of incredible and personally mind-boggling thing in my world. You know, you have like gnarly, dude, uh, sweet, tubular, the bee's knees. Every generation has, you know, brought with it new slang Mm. jargon, if you will. And the one word that has stayed relevant throughout time, cool. Very cool. Cool, dude. Awesome. Yeah, like even in the 50s when you were saying the bee's knees are like totally tubular back in like, you know, I don't even know when that came about. But like regardless, the one word that has... You know, that's kind of like slang that has never disintegrated is cool. So right now we have fire. We mm-hmm. have lit. Savage. Savage. <laughs> Fuck Logan Paul. Sorry, but he's the one who brought that to the surface, in I, my opinion. Oh, uh, really? Did, yeah, I, I, I mean.
2: I don't know. I, I'm, I don't watch YouTube and I really don't like Logan Paul. No from one does. What, okay, that's good.
0: Or at least everyone who has a good head on their shoulders.
2: Yeah, that guy. I don't know, man. I don't
0: know. We, I don't know. Like we have to get back. I don't because yeah. I, I, we could go on a tangent. We just gave him too much. We just we <laughs> just gave him too much. Oh my gosh! I have to show you this crazy video that the other Paul did later on. But um, I just I think it's just something to recognize. I mean, again, as the social media in the digital universe becomes more and more vibrant which is kind of boggling to think about because it is so vibrant now, like just kind of recognizing and then just kind of pointing out these little moments of like what it's done. Because at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of people will recognize the negative where in, this isn't what we're talking about now isn't even negative or positive. It's just entertaining. Yeah. It's really funny.
1: Yeah.
0: Like even with YouTubers, like it's given them the, like, I'm going to mention his name again, but like Logan Paul has brought up the word savage as like something cool to say. Like, dude, I'm a savage. You know, kids at, at school are like being like, yeah, I'm a savage or whatever. But another one, one of my favorites, Jeffree Star, I'm deceased. Oh my gosh. I am deceased, dead.
2: <sighs> Do you remember Jeffrey from the MySpace days? Okay. You remember he, he made it on like some TV he, show, like he, Oprah or something like that. He...
0: During the MySpace days was incredibly iconic, and he, yeah. there's another word, iconic. Oh my god, so iconic! Like it's, inc- I think it's so funny the way language has been changed by the digital universe. But Jeffree Star is an OG, and a yeah, lot of pop- a lot of people don't know that his origin stories are so G, like yeah. they really are. But he, like
2: OG, oh, oh, he was the mm-hmm. influencer before influencer mm-hmm. was a word. So crazy, and
0: he right now is kind of killing it. Like, yeah. He, oh my god so he, he used to play
2: a chain reaction over here really like he uh, does he still do music?
0: So that's the thing he doesn't mm. um but he does do a lot of other things so people don't realize that the Empire that is Jeffree Star includes so much more than makeup and beauty um He's uh, his, his, his his um warehouse helps create for more than just his line so he's he's smart. He's yeah. really smart. I love that. So, you know, he's he's learned how to uh make his own empire, not just for himself but for other people. So that's what's so brilliant about him. And like if you if you're gonna go about like, you know, if you're gonna have your own profile, like you're at some point in life you're going to Start looking for purpose again. You know, you're you're a content creator. You're 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 the digital nomad. Like, all right, I've been around the world twice already. I've done a lot of cool stuff. I have all the gizmos and gadgets. Like, I'm kind of starting to not feel fulfilled. What do I do? Do what Jeffrey Star did. Use your warehouse that you're you're creating your own makeup for and help other people. Yeah, help their dreams come true with the the resources that you have, man. And that's what he's done.
2: I feel like the travel industry won with with Instagram
0: absolutely <laughs> oh my god stolen in a heartbeat Crazy. it's incredible and again like another another thing another beautiful thing if you will about the the instagram and digital universe and everything is that you know for those who wish they could be digital nomads, but they, they're not like, they live vicariously through Casey Neistat. And like, yeah, yeah did you see that? Like, you know, high rise of like a hundred floors. And then there's the pool that hangs out. Like, dude, that was insane. At least we get to see it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, not selling, we're not sending telegrams. We're not doing like the little code thing. We're like, you know, like this just in boop, 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 boop. Like, you know, it's, it's, it, we see it. And we not only see it, but we see it with the smallest of pixels so that we get to really see it. Yeah. So give us that access.
2: And it's, you know what? What I think is great, and some might call it, mm, what's that uh, wanderlust, you know? Yeah. yeah oh, oh,
0: what is that? Again, talk about it more. I, it's like
2: it's like people that want to travel all over the world. Like, they just want to go places. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like.
0: I even uh, think that's an app. Is it? Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. So, I feel as if, like, there's a negative connotation to that for some reason. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, why can't you just be present? But honestly, like, travel influencers are or whatever like business stuff aside I think it's so great that they've opened up all these new places and taken great photography Mm -hmm. and it makes people want to see Mm -hmm. more of the world Mm -hmm. there's like there's this shit part of social media Mm -hmm. and that's undeniable
0: we talk about it too much too
2: but I hope that these travel influencers and all these people who are like oh I guess I have to go to Santori whatchamacallit Mm -hmm. Greece right now and, and wherever else Tulum, Mexico and all these things I hope so And I hope that they continue to do it because Mm -hmm. we need to see outside of our world. We need to see outside of Orange County, outside of L.A. And Mm -hmm. we need to be in a place where we don't speak the language. We need Mm -hmm. to be in a place where we've never eaten cabeza before. Like that's crazy, you know, and like taste these things. And I hope that all of this creates more empathy for the people around us because there's nothing more humbling than going to a place where you don't speak the language. You know what I mean? Like
0: not yet. I've never been in that circumstance, but I will.
2: yeah, it's it's crazy because it's like, oh wait, like, I'm just a, another human to them. Now it's almost like I can't even communicate. The one thing that we do, I li- would like to say pretty well in English, at least and with each other, we can't do to get food or go to the bathroom. So now it forces us to like to just, I don't know, to be more centered and cultured and cultured. It's so important. <laughs> I hope that happens. I more people should travel. Like don't like whatever you need to do. I guess if you want to buy your house or your Rolex or whatever you need to do, fine. But put some money into getting out of this country and just build a little empathy for the people around you.
0: I completely agree. And to just feed off of that, if anyone listening who doesn't necessarily have the finance to do so, one of the things that I've learned through the work that I'm doing right now. So, I mean, I've covered so much territory with social media, but real estate is one of my favorites because one, it's niche, but two, it's given me the opportunity to travel not necessarily all around the world, but within my own city. Which, by the way, we already know that mm-hmm. I love it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But before you go to Tulum, before you go to New York, or even Portland, which is just right above us, get to know your city and your state. Mm. Be the best, mm-hmm. most badass tour guide, so that you know if, like, if you're just sitting at a table in like your favorite bar and you see an out of town couple, be like, and you, you know, you you appropriately so, like, help them, help guide them if it's not your job to be a tour guide, but you're like, all right, this is the best local hotspot for, for pokey sushi. This is where you go. If you want to like have a really like out of body experience, like give them that list.
2: There's usually so many layers to a city. Yeah. Even like, even something as small as like Costa Mesa, cause LA is big. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, people don't realize that like, you know, in orange, there's a lot of po- poverty in orange County. If they hear it from afar and they're like, Oh, the OC housewives, the OC like that. It's like, no, there's tons of poverty. Mm-hmm. And like, not to be, you know, not just the negative stuff that I, I do believe that people need to spend some time on skid row. You know what I mean? That's something we do with the team every year is like, we go and just give food and clothes to those people over there um, during Christmas. But, but here in particular, like there's the poverty side then, and you need to understand like how other people live in my opinion, but. In addition to that, there's a lot of like culture, like the, the Mexican culture obviously is so huge here. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you go to downtown Santa Ana, go into one of those restaurants that like, they can't really take your order in English. You know what I mean? First of all, you're going to get the best carnitas (laughs) ever. (laughs) Like, don't, don't bring that Javier's bullshit into my house. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get the best carnitas. You're going to be, you're going to experience at least in Costa Mesa, Orange County, Like they have like the band playing right Mm. by your ear and you're like, why the fuck is this so loud? (laughs) Right. And like, and like you're having seafood and like whatever. You're like, why is this so like, I can't hear anything. You go to every place in Mexico. It's exactly like that. They brought that over or they didn't bring that over. They were kind of here, but like, it's just, it's the same thing. And they're like, you said, there's so much even within our own cities. And I don't think enough of us take the time to do it. If I didn't have to, I wouldn't have to leave like the three miles of my, apartment as you know.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean your your home should be an oasis but uh, and and you should you, sh- you should bond with your city and you should have the uh the inclination to travel and explore the world. But if you if you know your city in and out, I think you're one of the coolest people on the planet. Yeah. I really do. One of my best friends, actually two of my best friends, they uh they know this city so well and they're not even natives and I'm like, "All right, I got to catch up." Yeah. Cuz I'm a native.
2: Yeah. In your state. I remember I took like a, I took like a road trip up up the one. Mm. You know what I mean, up to San Francisco. Probably mm. the same drive that you did. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wait a minute, our coast looks like this.
0: <laughs>
1: right,
0: I right? thought
2: I thought it was just Newport.
0: <laughs> right? It's crazy. Like, wait a minute. There's water other places too. Like, what?
2: You go through like? Did you did you drive up the one when you did that?
0: So I didn't do the scenic. Um, I just did the five, but even then- like, Even the
2: five is awesome. Even you get to this place awesome. There's all these like yep. big golden hills. I don't know if they're gold mm-hmm. right now. With all there the, are, They are. Yeah. Golden. I mean, man, it's beautiful wherever it is, you go.
0: And it's also, the five is really great. You know, the, the speed limit's 70, but you can go 80 and you can blast <laughs> your music. And again, I just recently listened to the 1975 for the first time again because I took them ah, with me- I love that. Down the five, or up the five rather, to San Francisco and- cried not because I, you know, like I'm, you know, certain things are going on in my life, but I cried because I'm experiencing them again for the first time. So even then, if you have a passion for music or podcasts, or if you're, if you're not all caught up on, on the podcast podcast, get your ass in a car and get caught up and yeah. drive. Just, I mean, the here, I mean, yes, I, I stand by that wisdom. I swear, but you are definitely, you know, leaving a gnarly carbon footprint when you do that. But at the end of the day, This is the uh, devil's advocate in my glass half full. Uh, Our world is screwed. Mm. We are destroying it. Um, But in that sense, do what you can. Use less plastic. Get yourself that cute metal Mm. straw. Eat at restaurants rather than taking out because you're using styrofoam and plastic when you do take out.
2: Eating at restaurants is another one. That everybody should do more often. (laughs)
0: Seriously, ever since the lead singer of the 1975 revealed that he's not going to press vinyl, at first I was like, oh my God, my heart. But then I'm like, wait a minute, practice what you preach. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, like if you want to do that gnarly road trip and blast your music and live your best life, then find a way to compensate for that so that at the end of the day, you know that when you do pass and either go to heaven or you go back down into like, the the earth with nature like at least you know that you did your part yeah because i think and this goes in general like finding balance right if we're going to travel how can we travel healthily so retreat to social media for your answers
2: (laughs) (laughs) speaking of social media when you took your road trip how much screen time did you have
0: great question because initially i thought it was going to be a lot more but because something personal came into my life i needed clarity and um a detox more than ever I think while I was on the road, which was for, like, six hours, I think I did, like, six clips, six or seven, like, moments with my phone. And then, Mm. like... Near the end of the trip, I felt like I started taking photos just for the sake of having like fluidity in my story. Because when I do create, um, one of the things I pride myself on is my ability to storytell. Mm. Um, it's what makes me really, one of the things that makes me really good at my job. And I'm like, I can't leave this open-ended. I have the book it somehow. So I kind of just threw in my like, you know, my, my day three. But at first it was really organic. And one of the reasons why I go to concerts alone all the time is to find a way to live in the moment. You know, and at first I thought, oh, well, that means completely disconnecting and not taking any memories away from that concert. That's not necessarily the case. If you can find some sort of outlet or, or, or thing in your life where you can learn how to find balance with your phone, find it and do it. Because at the end of the day, like two of the greatest moments of my life were a 1975 concert. The first was one with a guy. And I didn't record a moment because I didn't want to be rude. But I wound up living in the moment. But what pissed me off afterwards, I don't talk to the guy anymore. I, I realized that what irked me a little bit at the time, not anymore, was that I remembered the moments between him and I stronger than I did with myself in the music. Mm. Then I got a little bit of redemption because when I went to go see them in Chicago alone, <laughs> I got to live in the moment, but I also got to remember it because I recorded a few clips. So if an, a show is an hour long, whip out your phone maybe four times, and get a collection of just four minutes total, or even ten, four to ten minutes. Like again, and you'll and for me it was at first I was like, Fuck, all right, should I take my phone out? No, I, I suffered with this a lot when I went to see Chromeo Live. So Love Chromio oh dude old 45s mm, I got my jam um, sounds great on vinyl um, but yeah it, it may take a minute for you to like realize alright well how do I get out of my head and not think about how many times to whip out my phone like it, it, it takes a moment for you to get there but like going to live music has allowed me to find that balance and same with traveling so I, again like another beautiful thing is that like It's a a creative outlet. So while I do want clarity and while I I just want to like disconnect and find myself a little bit, I also want to express myself. I want to make memories and also I want to show off. Like this is my life. It's beautiful. And it's not that you necessarily need to see it. But, you know, vanity be thy name along with hypocrisy. I am looking at those stories on loop right now. (laughs) Also on loop is another one. Um, But But I am. I'm like, I had fun. And here's my proof. Yeah. So I think it was a balance. Uh, San Francisco was a very interesting trip and the greatest moments were captured and I can hold on to them because I recorded them.
2: That's interesting that you said that you're showing off. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Because I don't think you're like a show off. Sure. But like, what do you mean by that for you? I'm
0: showing and telling. Mm. Thank you for correcting me. I appreciate it. Because... Um, and I think this is kind of something important to highlight like the word bragging showing off. I love talking about my family My family in my world is so successful and they've made their own positive difference in their own ways And I like to air quote brag about it Because as you know, they've done some really cool shit So why the fuck wouldn't I be like, yep, my brother's done this my dad did this and my mom's done that like it's about you know, you're, it's obviously about deliver d- the way you deliver it, but I don't necessarily think showing off and bragging has a negative connotation. There's definitely like a synonym that you can use in replace of those words, but I'm literally showing off the golden gate bridge and the fact that I have the money to be here to do this. Yeah. Right. And I don't think it's something to stress about, but Like even you have this beautiful space with this beautiful company, show it off. You've built this from the ground up. You're serving an incredible purpose. So like, yeah, not only do like we do, like again, like don't, sorry, I'm going to mention this guy's name, but don't be like the Jake Paul who's going to do it for the views Mm -hmm. or do it so that he can like, you know, redeem himself from doing something really stupid. If there's authenticity, show off. Yeah. Just as long as you're not being a dick. Yeah. However... Tyra Banks kind of I know weird weird sort of name to throw in here, but there's going back to YouTube one of my favorite channels is um, First We Feast. Have you heard about it? I have not. All right, you got to get into it. Their best show is called Hot Hot Ones. Oh where, yeah, yeah Where yeah. interviews get mm-hmm. uh, where, where interviews go down with celebrities as they can they eat chicken wings that are continuously that. hotter and hotter. Yeah. Brilliant. So she was on it and she. Uh, was interviewed and one of the great things about this show is um, like yourself the interview is really good at asking questions Mm. they do their research and then they have this incredible conversation that also includes really complex in-depth questions that are hard to answer because they're suffering from hot sauce. It's, so it's this dude, incredible. They like, dig
2: up stuff from like twenty years ago, and yeah. they will be like, "How did you know that?" that also, oh, I'm do- oh. like
0: literally like <laughs> like they're like, "Dude, what did you- I can't hear you? The the heat's just ringing in my ears right now." But Tyra Banks, one of the things that was revealed during this interview on Hot Ones was that she taught a class in college about like building your own brand. And Interesting. one of the things that she did, she had them all like take a selfie at the beginning of the class and like kind of like talk to the camera and like, say like, this is who I am, blah, blah, blah. And then they did it at the end of class. And then there was obviously a world of difference because they got to analyze the beginning stages of that and then fine tune it and then really define their brand at the end. She talked about how some people like, you know, like if, if you're coming off as a douchebag, then douche out. Like, I I know that sounded weird, but like if you, if your brand is to be kind of a dick, then be a dick, like don't hide and don't like, but as long as at the end of the day, if there's some sort of like authenticity to it and you're a good person, behind that person even though that is you. Yeah. You're fine, but if if you are going to be that sort of like, you know, the ar- that arrogant guy, you know, who wears that like weird sad cap and like the long socks with weed weed leaves on it, like then go full out.
2: It that's a, that and that goes back to like if everybody loves you, you're doing something mm-hmm. wrong. You know what I mean? Especially especially when building your brand. I like where you went with the uh, or I like your thoughts on the showing off thing. I think that it, and, and to share it's different when you're telling a story, right? Mm-hmm. If you're
0: and what it, your purpose is, and
2: what your purpose is, right?
0: But I do, I do, I like that you said that because I, I feel like I should stand corrected a little bit. I, I guess because of the initial connotation that we've given that word show off, or the words show off, they will remain negative. So I think share. Yes. There we go. And the reason it's that
2: I, share. I the reason I wanted to talk about do that pull on that a little bit more is because you know the listener is an entrepreneur of some sort, somebody who is passionate about building a personal brand and hopefully passionate about loving other people and Mm -hmm. working their fucking face off because I love that shit. Mm -hmm. I think, not I think, I know a big barrier for people in sharing their stories is that they feel as if they're going to come off as a show-off, the negative Mm show-off. And it doesn't always have to be like that. It could just be sharing the story or of what you're doing or especially with Instagram stories, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, it's really helping amplify the brand and give a little bit more context to your post, mm. you know, to your like main feed post or whatever it is. So I don't know. I just, I think about that and how other people feel, see that. And I loved that you said it. And sometimes it's just like, yeah, I do want, I worked my ass off. I want to show that like I have a new mm-hmm. conference room mm-hmm. and especially cause that goes with like, you know, it goes with the story. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's cool. <laughs>
0: I think one of the things that we have to deal with even more than just picking and choosing our words to describe how we are sharing mm-hmm. is uh, defining the word care in the circumstance. Like, who cares? Do you care about other people caring? And if you do, why do you care that they care? Um, so for me, I don't give a care in the world if anyone sees my stuff on my personal. I don't care because I and one the reason why because I have to care with my work. Um, and it's definitely an extreme, but like, I don't give a shit about anyone who sees my stories because at the end of the day, there are no limits when I create on my personal and that's amazing. Um, and it's also very easy because there is no ulterior ulterior motive with my personal account. So, you know, like not giving a fuck, it just, it's, it's a luxury and it just comes with the territory. So like, if you find a way to be like, all right, if this is going to be my profession, where do I draw the line with caring? Like, because I have to care because if I want to be endorsed, if sponsors, this, that, like you, there, there is a sense of like, you know, caring and also like what boundaries do I create? Do I say bad words? Do I, uh, how do I dress? Like asking those questions is important in order to define yourself and see who you can, you know, be sponsored by. One of the reasons why Liza Koshy is so powerful, I mean, up until, re- it only was up until last year that she started using bad words because she had her new show on YouTube called Liza On Demand. But up until that point, any, and still up until, in- forever. She will be able to be a, a, a collaborator for any brand because of how well-rounded her brand is. Mm. So like and that is not easy. And one of the reasons why she's so successful is two reasons. Timing and lo- timing and location she came into it after the Jenna Marbles era, she was mm. part of the Vine phase. So any anyone who's with Jenna Marbles and Shane Dawson, the reason why they they created the YouTuber, the you know the Miranda Sings slash Colleen Ballinger, they they weren't doing it on purpose. Colleen Ballinger, who does Miranda Sings, she was um, someone who wanted to be on Broadway, so she used YouTube to create audition videos. You know Jenna Marbles, like she was working for like sort of like you know like a BuzzFeed thing, and she did like a funny video, and then it just blew up. Shane Dawson, he needed a place to express himself, so all those people had like different motives, none of which was to be a YouTuber. On the other hand, Liza Koshy, she wanted to be a YouTuber, but she is just so authentic and so organic. It's so lovable. She, I don't don't believe in God, but she makes me question that. She mm-hmm. is a literal angel on earth. So, you know, she's allowed herself to be this adaptable entity while also not giving a fuck. So it's it, it's not that easy easy come answer, but if, if you find a balance between caring and not caring – being authentic, but being considerate, you'll be okay, you'll be great.
2: What do you think is next for social media?
0: Ah, yes! You got to the question before I did. Um, I'm gonna get my notes. (laughs) Um, I
2: love that you took notes for this, that's awesome.
0: I told you, this is like, I'm literally living my best life right now. (laughs) Hashtag best life. Um, uh, So before I answer that question, do you know who Nicholas Negroponte is? He is one of the most iconic future forecasters. He um, predicted the GPS. He predicted the using the fingers as a mouse. Mm. He predicted uh, that books and newspapers would be sold online. He predicted uh, that the last billion people will be connected to the internet. And his most recent prediction um, is that we will have a pill that we can swallow and take. And then we can automatically know another language um yeah that's his next prediction
2: that's crazy yeah all right
0: so i like just like that's future forecast yes i kind of i think that's a really great way to be like all right let's be futurists right now so in the short term i think one of the the predictions i have for um instagram is that we'll allow we'll be able to put gifts in comments i would love if we could because mm. the thing is we're visual people i think along with movement like one of the things that we can all like you know decode easily or connect with easily is just like, you know, imagery and movement, right? Also, yeah. everything looks better in movement. Yeah. So I think GIFs and stickers will be able to be implemented into comments for Instagram relatively soon. I also believe that we'll get some new colors as far as text is concerned. Twitter and Facebook, once the baby boomer generation dies out, mm-hmm. I think they will be this really low plateaued sort of groove line, Mm. kind of like billboards. We'll Mm -hmm. always have billboards, but I believe, and this is starting now, Facebook will slowly just become a place for ads. It's not the place where, you know, you're going to have your mom blogger photograph her new recipe, Mm. right? Because it's technically not an, Facebook is, and Twitter is not an image-based platform. Mm -hmm. It's technically text, mostly with Twitter, but like Facebook's kind of the same. But um, I do believe the far future, and I think, I'm talking 50 years from now, Facebook and Twitter will still exist, but for the sake of ads, they will serve the purpose that newspapers and billboards serve right now. They exist mm. because there are certain people that still, you know, utilize them, but also like they're they have this this power to remain relevant in um they they can they can provide conversion. Mm-hmm. Instagram in fifty years, I don't know, I haven't given a lot of thought because it's this, it's a very controversial platform. And then YouTube, I think they will be the uh, putting streaming and Netflix aside and Hulu side it will be the ultimate form of consumption because think about it like so what we have baby boomers we have uh Zenial slash Gen X then we have Millennials we have Gen Z and the new generation is called Alpha and that generation when they get to our age YouTube and Netflix and Hulu prime sources of consumption
1: mm.
0: and uh, you know and Instagram I think IGTV has is a cool thing now Yeah. what did you think about IGTV when it first came out
2: i I thought it was cool. Um, You've th-
0: adopted it beautifully into your cur- curriculum, if you will. Yes. Thank you.
2: I uh, I started kind of putting more stuff on there, and I'm just I like, approve. fuck another platform.
0: Yes. <laughs> right. Right.
2: Um, but- when it first came out, I I thought it was smart, and I think that they were beating out, you know, they were beating out Snapchat in terms of like long form vertical content. Um, I think they did a the the move to allow somebody to tilt their phone and then it's now landscape view mm. uh, was brilliant because even though we're consuming feeds in a vertical format like people don't care to watch long form content in a vertical format so I think it's cool I think that there's still some bugs I wish th- I just wish that there was deep linking but I can understand mm-hmm. that like they want to keep people on the platform Yeah. but even I don't believe that there's like deep linking to other profiles within the comments of in- Instagram TV and like something like that would be cool
0: so there you uh, go there's one prediction yeah
2: and then i i wish that you predict i predict that or i you know i think that they should just you know make the navigation on the front a little bit easier so snapchat for example i think does an excellent job of not their, not necessarily the navigation but like or i mean the on the personal level but when's the last time you opened up snapchat
0: I mean, the other day, but it's only because I like I I use it as my mirror or to to capture any vanity moment that doesn't need to be seen by anyone else. I'm like, I'm cute right now. I gotta record it, but I don't need to share it. So so. what I
2: think they've done an excellent job with is that is the publication part of it, where it has like the you know it has daily mail, like yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So if, if Instagram adopted something more like that so that, you know, I'm not scrolling to the right, like I can see more of like the content that's on there and the people mm-hmm. I'm following, I think they'll get more usability out of that.
0: Okay.
2: If we're still talking about forecasting, I think Snapchat actually comes back. But what I think that people have been getting wrong is that it's not going to be a social platform. It's going to be a media hub in the same sense where we had it. It's a newsstand now. But it's it just great has,
0: newsstand, yeah, isn't it?
2: It just hasn't picked up yet. You have Cosmo, you have Daily Mail, you have MTV, you have all these different things. And it's like, it's going to be the newsstand. Maybe it failed on the social aspect of it. It definitely changed the way that we view the world, 100%. There's something out there that was great about Snapchat. And it was like, I think it was like the only platform that oh, when you opened up the camera, it actually focused outward first, as opposed to inward. So something small like that, like that's where that guy's thinking. So I don't know necessarily where that's going, but they also, they do, if I I would challenge the listener to listen to or to watch a video on Snapchat of one of the shows that they have native to the platform. It's like a native Snapchat show. It's only five minutes long and it's shot vertically and, and like there's scenes where it's like, it it consumes the whole, uh, your whole device in such a great way. It'll show like three different frames in one frame, if that makes sense, like a collage, so to speak. And just how these things are being edited is absolutely incredible. And I think that anybody that doubts Snapchat, maybe that platform itself doesn't take off, but the way that it's presenting content is the way that we're going to consume content in the future.
0: Most easily. So
2: yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: wow. That's incredible. Wow, look at you giving life to Snapchat in the future. Because the thing is, I mean, I thought about it, but I didn't mention it, and that's not because I don't think it'll exist. I just thought it would be dormant. But and and you're right. I mean, one of the reasons, like, I I I do use it just to record vanity and use it as a mirror. But I will venture over to Cosmopolitan and Daily Mail and be like, wow, this is beautifully executed. It's giving new people jobs. Thank you. It is it's no. So I mean, good. if it wasn't, then I wouldn't be curious every once in a while. Yeah. I'm getting carpal tunnel soon, so I just I gotta. <sighs> Like <laughs> detox on at least one of them fully. But you're right. I think I never really thought about the future of how things are presented because mm-hmm. it's essential. E- that even, I vividly remember seeing the difference of when I opened my, my apps and what, what which direction that the camera was facing. Always face outward. I do not need to see me first right. I, from that angle. I don't. It's all in the details. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. How like What's the future of how things are being presented? I mean, like what do we know right now? Vertical videos are everything, but you're right. If it's going to exceed X amount of time, let's say what live streams last for like, not live streams, but certain what, IGTV, it's like 11 minute max. Yeah,
2: like 10 or right? 11. So if, yeah. if
0: it exceeds 11 minutes, you're going to flip your phone and you're going to make it horizontal. Yeah.
2: And that's why like Snapchat's only five minutes. The shows are five, they're full shows in five minutes. It also is a testament to like our ADD, like (laughs) with Mm -hmm. content, you know what I mean? You know, I wish Mm -hmm. I documented it too. I wish I documented, uh, I was working with a cinematographer creating content. I would show him Snapchat and I would be like, yo, you should learn how to, you should learn how to shoot vertical video. It's like, that's disgusting. Like, I'm like, I get it. You're, you're, you have your art and you have your thing, but I promise you that videos are go- like ads are going to be presented this way. This is how we're going to consume content. And if you look on, at least from an advertising standpoint, the best ads are native to the platform. They're not shot in like the, uh, I, I'm going to butcher this, but the like the horizontal nine sixteen. Mm-hmm. it's like the vertical portrait of the 5-4 mm-hmm. ratio, right? Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that are most immersive and those are the ones that are getting the most, uh, that are getting the most interaction and love. In addition to the fact that it doesn't need to be over color corrected. It doesn't need to be like the most like, uh, curated. curated piece of content. The more native it looks, the better it performs. Yeah. And like these types of these types of like v- video formats and ad formats are actually what performs best, what people are used to, and what people are seeing the most. You even tap. You even tap on like uh, s- not all, but I think I've seen some YouTube videos. Uh, when you're watching on your phone anyways, and you can tap open and it's it's an it's an immersive experience on your entire uh, device. And one thing I love about you too is that on Spotify, when you share music with me, you also talk about mm-hmm. the videos that accompany mm-hmm. it. And I'm just like, dude, this is this is just what's happening. It's the
0: revival I, of the music video.
2: I also believe that Spotify has it right. Yeah. Because they're not doing, well, there is some where they're showing the whole video, but oftentimes I've noticed that it's just, it's just movement and it's complementing it. It's, it's not, ta- yeah. It, yeah, it's not taking away from you listening to the music. I'm just like, yes, let's go. Because yeah. like the last thing you want to do is watch music. I don't know. Not no, the last it, thing.
0: I, I, it isn't necessarily the last thing, but also the thing is, I think, you know, as of 28, to the end of 2018, the attention span of a, f- Fish is nine seconds. The attention span of a human is eight. So, you know, they've done it perfectly. They've, they they uh, they were the first, in my opinion, to, I mean, there was IGTV first, but they were the first to do it right, Spotify. They adopted the GIF format. You make a little clip of a snippet, whether it's just like, you know, a logo of something with different colors streaming along it, or if it's like, you know, the Billie, one of my favorite Billie Eilish one is just a clip from her music video of her going up and down and up and down, I right? I love her. But it doesn't, have a, <laughs> it doesn't have too much of a GIF um, it, it's not too staccato like a right, 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 right it's it's very fluid so it's about you know catering to the way in which we consume which is vertical and catering to how long we can consume mm-hmm. and it's done it perfectly yeah so yeah I think vertical videos are already taking over they will last forever and snapchat as of right now I believe because of the world that I currently work in right now which is real estate I you know, we don't put any money into Snapchat yeah. and we probably never will because kids aren't buying their own homes. And that's that's where, you know, my cousin Tessa, like she uses it to like either, you know, continue. I forget what they call it, but like they just kind of like to continue on their conversation just by sending them like weird pictures of their feet or like whatever, like, you know, like a peace sign or whatever, mm-hmm. like a sky, just to kind of, it's this it's this thing that they have on loop. I, I, I don't think I executed that uh, healthily. But um, what it also does, it's like, it's gonna get very raw right here there's no internet without um like if there was if there's no porn there's no internet right so like there's no that, media without there's yeah porn. exactly so one of the the biggest things that like you know teenagers are doing on Snapchat. It's like, you know, sending nudes and shit mm-hmm. like that. So like that's that's it's a very, and what I'm trying to say is that it's a private space. It's a mm-hmm. private space of sharing where there's no interruptions or little interruptions. You know, I mean, I think you're going to get a lot of ads either like, you know, coming through when you're watching someone's public story, but you're not going to get any ads when you're like sharing something personal, right? So I think Snapchat is beautiful in that like, you know, the younger generation, like the Gen Z's and the Alphas, they'll use it because it's that one space where they will not be invaded mm-hmm. by ads.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's say myself or anyone who you know is a social media specialist starts working for an agency where their target demographic is still using snapchat then yeah insert your ads absolutely or if you're just sort of like that sort of like adaptable generic like Clinique, you know new eye cream or whatever yes you can put that anywhere
1: yeah and, and it, they are putting and it,
0: and, it, and, it, and it will provide conversion yeah picking and choosing your ads especially in the future is very important making <laughs> sure that you cater to your target demographic but uh Dude, I've been triggered and enlightened by Snapchat because of you. Whoa.
2: <laughs> Dude, it's awesome. It's fun just – for me, like, I can look at it. And even though, you know, they have a lot of, like, this, this tabloid-esque type of content there, it's not really about that. And as you said, it's how it's presented mm. that I think is so beautiful. It's like, all right, now swipe up. Now scroll to the left. And then there's movement. And it's just like, ugh, my brain is melting. It feels so good. The last thing for me and for, I guess, you know – future forecasting is everything tick mm-hmm. TikTok. i think <gasps> i
1: had
0: that in my notes <laughs>
2: <laughs> to the listener TikTok acquired musically which yep. w- which was a group i loved musically like just creating those videos yeah. it was so much fun i have a couple on there um if they're not doing it already i think that the nine-year-old influencer is is going to be heavy uh um, you know, all of those toy and cereal ads we used to get when we were only during Saturday morning cartoons and Nickelodeon or whatever it's going to be. I mean, I think it's just there. I mm-hmm. think I, I, I'm sure it's already there. I don't spend enough time on there because I don't like watching 12 year olds dance to music videos. You know what I mean? But I think that it's already there. So I think that, I think that, 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 is just going to be the place
0: mm-hmm.
2: for the... The youth. The youth, right. Um,
0: you're 100% right. And I'll never forget the moment I realized that TikTok became a form of currency. It was when I, I, I do influencer outreach and I was... One of my properties, um, the retail space below will eventually get a restaurant or I'm assuming it will get a restaurant. And when it does, like obviously you're gonna, we're going to get like food influencers. And one of the influencers that reached out to me for this property was mentioning, you know, his statistics. And he's like, on TikTok, I have. And I'm like, oh, here we go. There we go. TikTok's yeah. converting. and But it's true. Yeah. There you go. Also, the power of food.
2: I love food. Yeah. Ditto. That's the other thing about, like, restaurants can kill it on social media if they just wanted. Man. Did we miss anything?
0: We probably did, but we, we don't know right now. We're, we're probably going to hang out later and just keep on shooting the shit. But um, overall, no, we've... You actually like I think the one thing that we didn't cover as far as my notes doesn't necessarily need to be addressed, but uh yeah.
2: <laughs> Before I ask the last question yeah. of the day, uh if somebody wants to connect with you after today, where can they find you?
0: First off, you don't have to. Um but if you're curious, um go ahead and venture over to Instagram. Uh my handle is Miss D squared, but it's spelled M I S S D S Q U. A R R E D, Miss D Squared.
2: And listen to the 1975.
0: Li- oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Not sponsored but listen to their music if you want, if you want something different and unique, please. Or just keep listening to music. And if you do, oh my God. If you do venture over to my profile, even if you don't follow whatever, just go in my last post and leave your favorite song. I want to know what you're listening to. I need music, new music all the time. So let's that. share music. <laughs>
2: Uh, last question of the day. Yeah, what was the last thing you tweeted?
0: Oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a retweet. Because the thing is, it's funny. I do have one person on notification. And it's the nineteen seventy five. <laughs> so that because the thing this is, this is not an
2: ad. People. No, <laughs> it's
0: not. I'm in love, um, but the, you know, for ticket sales mm. or like you know, to the, this just in or like to get stay ahead of the game. So it, if 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 I retweet. Because their their notifications come on, and I want to support oh. in any way I can. So I will see them. I'll I'll hold on to it, and I'll like or I'll retweet it. But as far as like, I I mean, I literally could. I mean, yeah,
2: I'd love to see that.
0: Okay, well, I think you'll get a hoot out of my pinned a hoot. Oh my god, I can't. A remember. hoot. A <laughs> hoot. <laughs> but so my I ha, I I kind of take pride in my um my pinned tweet, which is um. From, uh, a quote from my uh, favorite another one of the artists that's changed my life it's um, a photo of Marilyn Manson nice. and the pin tweet uh, the, the pin version is uh, verbiage rather is your freedom is neither free nor dumb but the last mm. thing I actually tweeted <laughs> mm, I don't know man <laughs> Oh but God damn you asked the best questions.
2: Retweeting the 1975 yes. that's what it is. I love that uh, to the listener. We really appreciate your time and attention. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star review. And if you didn't like it that much, feel free to stick it to us, but subscribe anyway because we're going to have a lot of incredible people just like Dakota back on the show. Thanks again.
0: Ciao.